That's me, J.J. Sexton, opening a seltzer because I'm still a sick boy. But guess what, everybody? I'm joined by Nick Houseman, who's also a sick boy now. Ah, it's damn sinus infection. Snot and those kids came to my house rubbing their noses all over every doorknob. This is what everybody was hoping for, that the Weekender edition to end 2022 is us being sick. But you know what, Nick? It seems appropriate, does it not? It is. It is. It is. It is a metaphor. It is a. It, it, I don't know. It's metaphor. Is it a simile? What metaphor, simile, an acronym. <laughs> you name it. It's an acronym, isn't a word. But uh, I feel a lot better just hanging out and seeing you today. Oh, so it's good helped. seeing you. Uh, I, I'm. I'm. I'm looking forward to getting to the end of this year. I don't know about you. Um, how? What, what? If you had to do like a quick retrospect on 2022, how do you feel about it, Nick? What's your? What's your? What's your take? How? How was the year in totality? My concern is that I am losing connection with the present, and time is just fleeting by in weird spots, and I don't know what happened yesterday or you know, an hour ago or whatever. And you know, I, I maybe meditation. I, I need to somehow rededicate myself to figuring out how I can be less. Um, you know, I, what's the word? Like, it's just sort of not connected to the, to the present in a way that um, I feel like I'm just, things are just flying by and I'm missing them. Presentness, I think, is is exactly, that's what my therapist would say. Um, personally, it's funny you say that. I, one of the things that is really interesting me lately is the idea of time being a flat circle and the idea that time is not actually, actually linear uh, and, and, and becoming obsessed sort of with that idea and how it works. So it's, it's interesting that we're both sort of considering time. Maybe this is an after effect of the COVID era. I don't know. Yeah, Says or, the guy who has COVID currently. Right. Or are you reading Kurt Vonnegut these days? I'm not, I, I'm not, but I, the last time I read, uh, uh, Slaughterhouse Five, like it really came across to me that it was about trauma as opposed to necessarily time travel. It was a really good metaphor, uh, if you will about that idea. But yeah, that's really interesting. The time is what's on your mind. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I reference that all the time when like, you know, if people are not alive right now, they're alive in plenty of other uh, other era uh, t- t- um, times in the past. We can go visit when you want to. But I never understood why Billy Pilgrim got on a damn plane when he knew it was going to crash. <laughs> that is something we could examine too. He knew what was going to happen. He, I guess he knew he was going to survive it, so he got on anyway. But that's that. I, that would be a bridge too far for me. Yeah, I'm I'm probably out on that. Uh, you know, whenever I was watching Lost and whenever they got on one of these planes, I was just like, "No, nah, I'm good. I'll, I'll live my broken little sideways life. That's fine." Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of broken planes, we have uh, we have an interesting show today. Uh, we're going to have to talk about Southwest Airlines. We're going to talk about Ron DeSantis absolutely uh, going crazy down in Florida. But Nick, I, I think you and I have been circling the story for a minute. Um, I think it's the type of thing that piques our interest. Uh, it speaks to where the Republican Party is, where American politics are. But in a way, this George Santos story, uh, for me, uh, when it first came up on my radar, I I kind of momentarily looked away from it because I was just like, I don't know, a corrupt politician. I've been down this road before. Um, I got to tell you, though, this, this uh, George Santos, who is uh, about to take his seat in the House of Representatives, um, he seems like a special case. Am I wrong? Well, you know what's fascinating about this whole thing is that it has somehow unlocked the the Joe Biden lying that he had done in his past, right? The 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 what aboutism, both sideism here, and and that was so. Before we even maybe dig into that, uh, I, I do want to say like I'm old enough to remember the '88 election and when he 
flamed out. And it was it's so funny because how quaint is it that you could just end your political, your um, presidential campaign because you used a couple lines from some British guy in a speech you gave basically was what derailed him. How, how quaint is that? Is it where we were probably having tea and, um, and uh, riding horses to work back then. Is that right? I remember when I heard about that in 88, I was a wee lad of seven and I believe we were reading the newsprint by a kerosene light. If I'm remembering yes. correctly. I remember a gotcha moment. I hope it's not. By the way, it could be as fabricated as Biden's story about going to Afghanistan. But I remember this where they caught him like in line at a supermarket checkout and asking him about it. And he was like fumbling his way through some way of answering, you know, some little detail about his his uh, his, uh, you know, education and whatever. But um, here's the thing about that. It seems to me that Biden especially the embellishment stuff about like um, the, the army uh, hero that he put a medal on or didn't put a medal on, you know, that is in service of the American propaganda of our military and, you know, patriotism, all that stuff. That wasn't necessarily in service of him to win an election. Is that enough of a difference? I, I don't even know if there is a difference anymore. I don't know if anything means anything. This Santos thing, like that that's the thing when something like this George Santos, and by the way, for anyone who has been staying away from politics and is checking out at the weekender, um, this guy, this this New York elected guy who who got it because nobody was interested in fact-checking him. No one was particularly interested in reporting on him. Uh, the Democratic Party had basically punted away uh, control within the state. Nick, like it's <laughs> it's not just like he lied about his education, which he did. It's not just that he lied about his job, which he did. It's not just that he lied about things that he had done, which he did. It seems that this man has lied about literally everything in his life. It's not just that he has a problem with lying. It's that lying seems to be the chief characteristic of his person. Right. And it, it, it reaches a point where this is going to be a congressman. He's going to take the oath. He's not going to step aside. We talk all the time about there's no shame left anymore, right? Like nobody's going to walk away. Truth has been broken. Period. The idea of objective reality has been broken. And I think going back to our conversation about time, that has become one of the like main characteristics of this moment. The idea that any notion of not just shame, but adhering to some sort of a truth or reality is gone. It's just gone. And I don't even know. It feels like you and I are having a conversation that it's almost like a freshman level philosophy class. Do you know what I mean? Where you go in and like ideas are being thrown around, but you can't ever pinpoint them. It's like trying to drive a nail through like a sunny side up egg. Like it's, it's become so strange and malleable that I don't even know how we can have a discussion about if there's a line, where's a line, will there ever be a line again? It just, it, it has just evaporated into right. the ether. If it ever existed in the first place. The solution is robots. What <laughs> 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 this problem? But because um, again, we the, the Herschel Walker is Santos, and Santos is Herschel Walker. Like this is the same thing here. They uh, although what's what's really fascinating is because we got to go through some of the lies because I don't know you, you didn't even you didn't even cover them all, Jared. Right. You listed about five or whatever, but there's more because do you know that he tried to connect? But you know what? Maybe that's not fair. He said his mother died in, from you know from nine eleven. 15 years later, 
but maybe that's true. That might be the most true thing he's been able to connect because of perhaps long-term effects of, of uh, being in that ground near, near ground zero. But like, how about this? He had a GoFundMe for a uh, a um, using his fake Jewish name to raise money for uh, pets or whatever that really I don't think existed at that point. Uh, you mentioned Goldman Sachs and how he really wasn't a, fi- a finance guy there. I sense what he said, what he described, what he did. By the way, to some of my people in my family who are who are in this business of money managing and whatnot, and they all said based on what he described, these are English words that you can put in a certain order in a sentence doesn't necessarily mean it makes any sense at all. And so, and then you'll, you'll hear, you know, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, when he, she interviews him, he, he says he's, there's no way he can explain what he did and how that was connected. But, um, you know, he, he said he was Jewish. Can I read the quote? Yeah, please. Okay. Because honestly, again, and, and every now and then I like to update what I like to call my hall of fame of rhetoric. Mm-hmm. These moments where people take human understanding and English language to new places, right? And shamelessness. And we've talked about in the past, like one of the gold standards for me was, of course, the old, I'm not a witch, I'm you, which was just one of the greatest moments in American politics, right? Um, this is pretty fantastic this is uh george santos who who got a ton of money and clout and and position within the republican party and republican politics by claiming that he was jewish it turns out nick that uh and and not just that he was not just that he was jewish but that his family had escaped the holocaust oh yeah right which is i mean like it's a story they told and now this is one of the most blatantly uh disgusting things i've ever read in terms of a quote he did this interview to quote unquote clear things up with the new york post this is great quote i never claimed to be jewish santos said i'm catholic because i learned my maternal family had a jewish background i said i was jewish I got it. Can, can we go to the Buckrake podcast, Jewish correspondent Nick Houseman? How how does that make you feel? How's how's that feel to hear that, Jared? We we I knew he wasn't Jewish because he'd never shown up in any of the meetings. <laughs> okay, that's how we knew. So that was silly. Um, but all frame. I mean, it's worse. He said he went to Horace Mann, an elite private school in New York, of whom I knew people, you know, going to college who went there. And, you know, it is one of those very Tony schools. Why? Why is he lying about that? You know, so here's what's weird. Is it a talented Mr. Ripley situation here where he simply is pathological and should have, you know, shouldn't be anywhere near the Capitol? Like, you shouldn't let a guy like this do that? Um, Because here's the thing. I think this is what's really going on here. I think that all of this that we're talking about about his past is just um, uh, obfuscating the real crime here, which is how he funded the campaign. So he all of a sudden goes from making $55,000 a year and losing the congressional race in 2020 to making over a million dollars a year, of which he is now giving like 700000 of it to his campaign in one, like in a few shots, Right. So I, you can't donate money from a corporation directly to a, 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 a campaign. It has to be your own personal funds. So this is exactly how you'd set up a completely illegal campaign where a bunch of guys get together and say, hey, we're, we're going to like get this guy in because we're going to fund him up the wazoo. We're going to make it look like it's his money. But like either A, they were so stupid about it and they don't have the basic understanding of campaign finance law. Um, which really is an excuse that I think you still go to prison for that. Or, or, or well, you feel or. 
Well, the or is that running a political campaign at this point next to crypto and NFTs is the best way to launder money in the world. Aha. Now that's fascinating because then, yeah, you could redo Breaking Bad and instead of uh, a, a car wash, you could have a can. <laughs> you, listen, you launder money through campaigns, particularly through dark money. I mean, the moment, you know, the Citizens United worked out, everybody was just like, we're in the campaign in business, baby. We're going to get our beaks wet. We're going to put it here. We're going to move it over here. On top of that, since politics and culture, because it used to be the downstream relationship, they've all become merged together. Thanks, Newton, Leroy, Gingrich. Everything now in the culture war means that people are going to be giving ungodly amounts of money to every possible political campaign and organization and cause. You are seeing grifters come out of the woodwork. You brought up Santos, not only with his money problems, but also, Nick, I mean, like he, he's been wanted for bad checks left and right. The next possible thing is to put on a suit and go out and claim you're Jewish and that you're you're, you're a Republican shoe-in for Congress. I mean, it is an open opportunity for grifters left and right. That's how you get Marjorie Taylor Greene. That's how you get, you get Madison Cawthorn. That's how you get Lauren Boebert. And that's how you get George Santos. And I have to tell you, he's not the only chronic liar in Congress. He just happens to maybe be the worst. Yeah. And by the way, he's, he's even trying to explain away his, his sudden riches by saying he was like some sort of middleman when a very wealthy person who has a yacht, let's say, wants to sell that yacht. He will go find someone else that wants to buy that yacht. And he had the temerity to say, I can make $400,000 on that transaction. Now, we know rich people. Like, I, I, that doesn't sound right to me. If they're going to spend $1.2 million on a yacht, they're not going to give a quarter of that as a finder's fee to some guy named George Santos. I, that doesn't make any sense at all. But here's the thing. Well, let, yeah, me, let me let me speak on that real fast, because actually that that, that is a little bit of information our, our listeners might need to know. The way that you launder money at a certain level is high-priced items, right? Whether it's a yacht or, in particular, real estate. Or, I don't know, uh, office space in a place like, I don't know, I'm just going to throw out just a random building here, uh, Trump Plaza. (laughs) And what do you do? You pay more money for it than it needs to be paid. Or you just happen to have a lot of cash lying around that you can go ahead and put in that, and then it circulates inside the system. And guess what? It doesn't hurt, Nick, when you live in a world that, number one, doesn't regulate any of this, and number two, depends on the criminal money circulating. And these people, I have to tell you, somebody like a George Santos, who I have to say, Nick, because we are an upstanding podcast and we don't want to get sued, is only being alleged to do these things, I'm sure as an upstanding business person, um, those people, they they all of a sudden are seen as fixers. They're seen as people that can be trusted to carry things out. It's almost like this is the stuff that, I don't know, a Jeffrey Epstein becomes trusted for, the ability to move money and goods and people around from place to place. And as you engage in certain activities with people, Nick, all of a sudden people trust you that you'll go and do things for them in places like Washington, D.C. Fascinating that you bring up Epstein of all people. Because Isn't it? we know why they trusted him, right? They trusted him because he uh, 
He liked pictures, Jared. He liked they all trusted each other. We'll say that. And by trust, I mean that they blackmailed each other incessantly in circles over and over like a washing machine. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, this is what really probably happened. There's about four or five of these really big rich donors, of which some are probably connected to Russian oligarchs. Just throwing it out there. I don't want to get sued. I'm shocked right now, Nick. I'm yeah. shocked right now that we have somehow or another figured Russian oligarchs into any of this because it's not like they're in the middle of all of it or Saudi. They, they, they really like some, you know, trying to get their money into our political system, no matter what they, how they can try and do it. They keep trying to do it. So there's a four or five of these people. They say, okay, we're going to buy this seat, but we're basically what they're going to do. And, and we'll launder some money, whatever, too. They'll help us this and that, whatever. Why are they choosing George Santos of all the people? They could have had a pick of anybody to just run the him and set him up there, right? This is what doesn't make sense to me. Now, everybody knew the lies that he was telling in the, in the Republican Party, and they didn't seem to, to mind. So I start to wonder if, as my, you know, uh, what's it called? My, um, you Your know, antenna. My, my, metal, my uh, uh, what's it called when you put the thing around the food? Um, um, oh, my God, this is a COVID brain. You know, the, the, the metal-y looking thing that you put on the casseroles. Anyway. Your uh, tinfoil? Tin tinfoil. Wow. Tinfoil, Jared. I'm the one with COVID. That's terrible. No, it's you've infected through the airways. Uh, I put my tinfoil hat on, and I'm thinking that there must be something related to Santos having something on them. Oh, Santos doesn't have anything on anybody. Santos probably has trouble putting his belt on in the morning. I, I, I okay. I, I, I have to remind you. There's a reason why they chose him to prop him up into this situation. They want stooges. And you've been listening to a free preview of our Patreon-exclusive Weekender show. If you want to get in on all the fun and get that bonus episode every week, not to mention exclusive content, uh, live hangouts, question-and-answer sessions. We're even going to do some of these live so you can come and watch how the sausage is made. All you have to do is go over to patreon.com slash podcast. On top of that, you get to hang out with the Muckrake community, which are a really good group of people. So you should do that. That is patreon.com slash podcast. We'll see everybody next week. Thank you.